Yes, hello, my friends, and welcome to this, another edition of the Underdog Football Show. My name is Josh Norris. His name is Hayden Winks, and today it is a key, a pivotal position when drafting for your season-long leagues, your best ball leagues. Hayden Winks, are you ready to go 1-30 to on our rankings for quarterbacks, spending about two minutes each on each of these passers? We'll do the player evaluations first, and then at the end of the show, we'll kind of wrap up like actually strategies when you should be drafting these. But let's get the rankings done off the top. Yep, and the rankings we are referencing on this show, it's in our free draft guide. Yes, big free draft guide. You can find that in the description down below. As you can see, we have positional rankings here. We also have a cheat sheet with our top 200. The train is making an early appearance today. We also have our ideal drafts where Hayden and I each draft from a different slot uh, and also players that we're, you know, thinking that we want in every single draft and ones that we are fading in all of them as well. All right. But today it's all about the quarterbacks. Hayden, let's zoom in. Let's focus on our quarterback one, the public's quarterback one. That is Patrick Mahomes. Where else would we start other than this guy? Yeah, I mean, he's finished second, sixth, and first in fantasy points per game over the last three years. And then if you go back to 2017 in this same exact offense, Alex Smith, he finished fourth in fantasy points per game. So like this, the offense is so high floor. The ceiling is outrageous. It all just comes down to when are you actually drafting Patrick Mahomes and when you should be drafting Patrick Mahomes. But even this year, there's some upgrades. You have, they get Orlando Brown at left, left tackle, Joe Tooney at left guard. They drafted a second round center, Creed Humphreys, who's an absolute crazy athlete. So the offensive line should be better than last year, particularly when they in the second half of the season when everybody was hurt. So the only thing that you can kind of point out as a flaw is the depth at the skill groups. But they go three deep with Patrick Mahone or with uh, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, and then Clyde Edwards Hilaire, and maybe McCole Hardman. So I think there's no no reason to get fancy here. It's for sure Patrick Mahomes. Could Tyreek Hill be the number one wide receiver in fantasy football this season? Absolutely. Could Travis Kelsey be the tight end one this season? Absolutely. Are there going to be more screens because of that continuity along the offensive line and improve you know, talents there? Yes. Is that going to help CEH become a better receiver and see maybe 20, 30 more receptions this year? For sure. And what happens if, you know, there's a fourth piece that does emerge? There's so many, you know, positive news nuggets every single day about Miko Hardman that he's actually learning how to play football. Uh, I, I don't care that this is like, you know, a thin skill tree necessarily. It's the most talented quarterback in the NFL, one that has done it for years and years and years. And there's continuity between the head coach, the OC and everyone there and the improved spots that were kind of the critical flaws to this roster last year. We'll get into this a little bit later. The only hesitation we have is that typically you and I aren't going to take the first quarterback off the board, especially when he's going as the 35th overall player in fantasy drafts. If you have Travis Kelsey, if you have Tyreek Hill, and Patrick Mahomes is sitting there in the fourth round, I'll start having some interest. But if you look at best ball win rates from last year when he was being drafted at the early third round, Patrick Mahomes went off just ex exactly what we, what we thought, and he had an average – best ball win rate, which means that you went to the playoffs at a very average clip. So Patrick Mahomes basically has to be a superstar to be an average fantasy pick. That's why we like him in the fourth round, not the third round. Our quarterback two, who's being drafted as the quarterback four with a recent move up for both of us, it's Kyler Murray. Hayden, he was the top scoring quarterback last season that played at least six games. 
And I want to repeat, and you and I were kind of talking about Kyler and this late movement from both of us to, to thrust him into this spot. And one that seems like we're going to exit with a lot of drafts with, he's just different. He plays the quarterback position differently. And the ceiling is almost limitless here. I mean, opening nine games of last season, Kyler had 87 rushing attempts, 604 yards and 10 touchdowns. After that shoulder injury, the final seven games, just 46 attempts, 215 yards and a score. If we get a healthy Kyler with an improved Arizona Cardinals offense, Hayden, this ceiling is immense. The ceiling's there because Kyler Murray is such a stud athlete. The ceiling's also there because the Cardinals lead the NFL in a neutral pace. So there's a lot of things to go uh, going in Kyler Murray's direction, including adding Rondale Moore in the slot. That puts uh, adding AJ Green, that puts Christian Kirk in a better position for his own skill set. I think he's a better slot receiver than outside receiver. Plus, the big thing that's kind of being overlooked here is they signed center Rodney Hudson, who's an 11-year vet at center. And center is a very important position for younger quarterbacks because they really control the offensive line. And that's been a big problem spot for Cliff Kingsbury in the, in the beginning stages of this big Cardinals rebuild. I think that Rodney Hudson is just as big of a signing, if not a bigger yeah. signing, than adding Rondale Moore and A.J. Green. But now they go four wide. They probably have the best offensive line that the Cardinals have had under Kyler Murray. And Kyler Murray, there's room for improvement for him as a passer too. And he's already been a fantasy superstar. So I think he might have the highest ceiling of any fantasy quarterback because of that dual threat ability. Totally with you. And again, we basically got the quarterback one overall season last year from Kyler. And that was despite him facing a, a, a ton of adversity. You know, we'll get to some names here in a little bit that didn't face that much adversity last season that are being drafted over Kyler. So if everything goes perfectly, it's a pretty easy case to make, especially with a player who I would say has like the most unguardable aspect of any individual in the NFL. And that's Kyler running the ball inside the five yard line. And look, I do not love Cliff Kingsbury as a head coach, especially in comparison to, you know, people in his own division, like Kyle Shanahan and, and Sean McVay, but the Rodney Hudson conversation, I know this is about skill players, but Rodney Hudson is going to fix all the blocking mishaps that this team has had over the last few years. And look, AJ Green on the left, uh, excuse me, on the right, with DeAndre Hopkins on the left, and Rondell Moore being the super exciting player in the middle of the field and manufacture touches. That's such an elevated group over, you know, the likes of Christian Kirk and, and Larry Fitzgerald seeing over 700 snaps last season. And you're going to get possibly the advantage of Chase Edmonds being the number one running back. And that means a lot of dump offs, which helps Kyler Murray's passing production too. So the Cliff Kingsbury worries are pretty priced in for where he's going. If Cliff Kingsbury can start figuring some of these passing things out, if he can move his wide receivers around a little bit, fix some of the, the pass protection woes that they've had. I mean, Kyler Murray can really, really take off. You and I end up with Kyler Murray in a lot of drafts again, because he's going as the quarterback four, but we have him as the quarterback two. Our quarterback three is Lamar Jackson, who's being drafted in that spot as well. Hayden, just two years ago, we saw MVP Lamar. That offense was an absolute juggernaut. And then in 2020, this team faced a, a bunch of adversity. They lost left tackle Ronnie Stanley. They had Orlando Brown move over in that direction. And while the focus is often about Lamar Jackson's rushing ability, that was fairly consistent, just about 200 yards less last year. The big point was he was just worse in terms of his production in clean pocket situations. And hopefully that can improve and we get back to the 2019 form because, again, it's there to grab. It's a very, very similar 
conversation to the one we just had with Kyler Murray because offensive coordinator Greg Roman has struggled building this passing offense. And I think that right now you're seeing Lamar Jackson with more weapons. They add Rashad Bateman in the first round. He might miss the first couple of weeks, but if he's healthy, that's a huge, huge elevator. Sammy Watkins is an upgrade to the number three wide receiver spot. J.K. Dobbins, they added last year. He might take another step this year. So I think just the only thing that we're betting on slightly is that Kyler Murray's passing numbers are going to be a little bit better than Lamar Jackson. I think that just Kyler Murray is a better passer in general and they're both of their ceilings are awesome and that's why somewhere in round five round six that's the kind of range that we're looking for with these ones i will say lamar jackson something's going on with the ravens camp everyone's injured they've been on covid list that's like the one thing that's kind of a little worrisome is that everyone's been missing time in baltimore and we're not saying that about the cardinals yeah for all of you new to the channel this is a very pro Rashad Bateman show. Uh, obviously the Ravens are very invested in Rashad Bateman. That's why they targeted him with their first first round pick this season. Hayden, I believe he was almost like a critical piece in order to unlock this passing game. And I'm a little bit nervous. It's not going to be quite like I did have Lamar Jackson. I'll be honest as the quarterback too, before we got this injury to, to Same. Rashad Bateman and you know, it's weeks to months is the timeline. And sure, that might only mean two or, or, or three games, but we've seen Kyler can put up four or five rushing touchdowns in the, those first two or three weeks. And that's that's limiting what I think this team can be because we're not even going to see Rashad Bateman in the preseason either. And that's something I really wanted to see. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. Rashad Bateman's really going to unlock the offense. I really hope this is not a wasted year for him. Our quarterback four, who is being drafted all the way up as the quarterback two, is Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills. Is it as simple, Hayden, as repeating last season, and that's what the public is is banking on because the continuity is all back. Brian Dayball somehow did not get a head coaching job. It's all lined up for it. Offensive line back, weapons possibly even improved a little bit with Emmanuel Sanders as well. Is that sticky? Can it happen all over again here for Josh Allen? Well, there's two parts of this. The rushing touchdowns might regress. He's scored eight, nine, and eight rushing touchdowns in the last three years. That can go down to five. Maybe he adds another passing touchdown or two to kind of combat that. But the one thing that is sticky, and this is like one of the craziest stories in the NFL, is last year Josh Allen led the NFL in on-target rate in clean pockets without play action, without pressure. And that's the stickiness of quarterback stats. That was courtesy of Sports Info Solutions. When you're in a clean pocket, when you're not uh, pressured, there's no play action, no no fancy stuff. You're just sitting in the pocket. Can you throw a pass on target? The answer now is yes. And that's what's so sticky about uh, passing stats. And that's what makes me super excited about Josh Allen. I was kind of a Josh Allen skeptic for the longest time. But now that he's doing that, and now that we know he can throw the ball 70 yards in the air, he's still trucking people. I mean, it's a very, very good offense to be betting on, especially like you said, Everyone's back. Everyone is back. Yeah. That was good for the quarterback three overall last year, Hayden. And so if he matches that as being the best clean pocket thrower in the NFL, he was also the best deep ball thrower in the NFL last season. I mean, 12.6% of his passes went 20 plus yards last year. That equaled 12 touchdowns and five interceptions. That was a huge difference in 2019, obviously without Stefan Diggs and without taking this jump in his game because he only had four touchdowns and three interceptions. I mean, he truly went from being one of the worst deep ball throwers in the, in the NFL to being the best in the NFL. My, my hesitation is, I mentioned this with Kyler, and this is why we have Kyler all the way at number two, at least for me, 
is despite all of the issues that he faced last year with his shoulder, like it was basically a tale of two seasons for Kyler. He still finishes like the quarterback one if we eliminate Dak Prescott from the conversation. It was a perfect, perfect situation for Josh Allen last year. I mean, Darrell Williams, Josh Allen, Deion Dawkins, Stephon Diggs, and Mitch Morse were all top five in snaps for the Bills last season. What if one of those names of the other four, other than Allen, misses an extended period of time? Hayden, that's going to, to me, make the Bills probably take a step back. And just because of that, I, I just don't know if we can see the repetition of almost perfection of what Allen put in the field last year. There will be regression, but I think I'm comfortable betting on Josh Allen just being a totally different quarterback yeah. than what he was a couple of seasons ago. And there were some things he's working with Jordan Palmer um, out in Southern California. And they have these like crazy mechanical things like they're like, so it's like they're like putting his mechanics under x-ray. And he's really changed all of his mechanics from this from last year to the years prior when he was really inaccurate because he was inaccurate. I'm banking on all that staying and then just Josh Allen's just physical profile taking over, especially with this play caller. They were third in neutral pass rate, 11th in offensive pace. That gives you a baseline and a ceiling. I'm not expecting anything about the offense to change. All right. Let's close up this top tier who it goes from 35th overall being drafted as Patrick Mahomes to 64th overall in Dak Prescott. And a little bit of honesty here. I had Dak Prescott, I think, Hayden, as my quarterback two or quarterback three until we've just gotten some bad news recently with this lat injury. And I'm no doctor. I do not own a white lab coat. But I watch a lot of football doctors on YouTube and, and follow along on Twitter. If it's like a grade one sprain of his lat this, you know, or strain, this could keep him out for a couple of weeks. If it's worse than that, Hayden, it could keep him out six to eight weeks. And that's an absolute bummer because, again, I bring up adversity. Dak faced a ton of it last season, those four and a half games as a starter. But still, he was the fantasy football's quarterback one during that time. 27 points per contest. I mean, 50 attempts, 34 completions. 420 passing yards, over 20 rushing yards, and three total touchdowns in each contest. But I just hate that we're getting this injury news right now. The problem with the injury news is I think it's like a compensation of the broken ankle, and that's why his, his shoulder is kind of acting up. And that's my big worry is what if this lingers because Dak Prescott's not fully trusting himself this early. So I'm expecting a little bit of growing pains for the Cowboys early in the season, but he's been averaging 307 passing yards in the 30 games with Amari Cooper, uh, an 8.1 yards per attempt over that stretch. So there's still plenty of a ceiling to chase. I do think that just because of the injury risk here with the Cowboys, he deserves to be the quarterback five. And those top four quarterbacks are lights out. And Dak Prescott could easily be right there with him. But I think that he for sure has the most risk right now. Hopefully we get him for the third preseason game. Hopefully we see him in some practices coming up here. But for right now, he's a quarterback five. You should still stack him. The Cowboys offense still could be really good. But I think that the other people's rushing upside kind of is the distinguisher between Dak Prescott and the Kyler and Lamar and Josh Allen. I think a few people are a little bit nervous of the Amari Cooper injury as well. I kind of feel like, Hayden, the Amari injury and timeline was all by design in some ways. Like after they finished the Hall of Fame game, he's, he's kind of back down. He was the quarterback – or excuse me, the wide receiver five in fantasy points per game with those four games with Dak. And CeeDee Lamb was the wide receiver 20 in fantasy points per game with Dak last season. Um, it's, I mean, 
I hope we get good news. I want to see Dak. We probably won't see him in the preseason. But if everything comes out that he's fully healthy and everything, I might even move him up this list despite how great how great this tier is. Would you? No. He's going to be my quarterback five. The, okay. the other guys are just their ceilings and floor combination. I think they have all the top four have a higher ceiling than Dak Prescott. Like Dak Prescott can average 300 passing yards, but I just don't expect him to have 600 rushing yards like the other guys do. So I think that his ceiling – is a little bit capped, even if the Cowboys finish like third in points, which is like yeah. totally within the realm of possibilities. I still think that he doesn't have that like number one overall ceiling over the cross of like 17 games. All right. Before we move on from this top tier again, thank you all for being here. Thank you for checking out the channel. If you're here for the first time, like, and subscribe down below. It truly, truly does help us out. And while you're down there, check out our free draft guide. Again, positional rankings, cheat sheets. It's basically everything you need to win your fantasy football season this year. Players we're targeting. I'm drafting out of the 105 slot. Hayden's out of the 111 slot. We fill out our perfect draft, so go down there. We're giving you 25 bucks on Underdog to check it out. Again, if you're trying to prep for your one at-home season-long league, best ball on Underdog is the right way to do it. Skip the guacamole. Put that onto Underdog and instead. And you get a free 25 bucks in your account when you use promo code the show. Should we talk about strategy at all for this group, Hayden? Like, is this only in terms of stacking when you go and get like a Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill? That's when you're taking Patrick Mahomes or investing. Like, how often are you going to take a, a naked, a singular quarterback from this top tier? Um, or are you going to wait at the position? Almost never. The only time I'm ever drafting a top eight quarterback is because I've already committed to one of their elite tight ends or one of their elite wide receivers you can kind of make the case for lamar jackson where you don't need to stack just because most of his fantasy points come from his from his legs but russell wilson justin herbert aaron Rodgers, the next names on on our list it's only because we've drafted a keenan allen a dk metcalf a Devonte adams otherwise you're better off waiting a little bit longer grabbing one of the low-end wide receiver quarterback ones and still stacking that way so um, a lot of strategy here. Make sure you're stacking. Don't overreach on quarterback. Right. Uh, we've seen the name, the game change because of the dual threat quarterbacks, but you still don't want to reach for like in pocket passers. And this is like that next tier of a lot of in pocket passers only. Yeah. Let's jump to that tier two. We have 11 names in this tier from Russell Wilson at quarterback six, all the way down to Matt Ryan at quarterback 16. I would argue Hayden that there's like a mini tier of, Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert, and Aaron Rodgers, but we'll get to that in a little bit because uh, I think the path to a, a top three season is there for each of those names. Let's start off here with the quarterback six, Russell Wilson, who's also being drafted as the quarterback six. Hayden, in our bold prediction show, hopefully everyone check that out. If not, go and search it down below. Um, I think that there's a path here for him to be the top overall scoring quarterback. I mean, Tyler Lockett is enamored with this offense. DK Metcalf is enamored with this offense, and we've seen Russ put up top quarterback half seasons before. I mean, from week one to week eight last year, he was the quarterback one. In 2019, week one through week nine, he was the quarterback two behind Lamar Jackson. We just need that mirrored in the second half of the season, and maybe Shane Waldron can unlock that consistency, the easy plays with Russell Wilson, and just you know keep Pete Carroll off his freaking back and let him work. The, the one thing that Shane Waldron brings is neutral pace, and last year, the Rams were 12th, but in the previous seasons, we'll talk about this in a second when we get to Matthew Stafford, 
they were top three for a lot of those seasons too. So if, if the Seahawks play a little bit faster, that would be good news for Russell Wilson. The other thing is the Seahawks have quietly added to their offensive line the last couple off seasons. And that was a huge concern for Russell Wilson. He takes way too many sacks because of the way that he plays. He's always looking downfield, but this is the thing they're trying to fix is you bring in Shane Waldron, who's going to be able to scheme up things underneath prior properly to uh, Tyler Lockett. They also added left tackle Dwayne Brown, Gabe Jackson's there. Last year, they spent the 69th overall pick on Damian Lewis. So they're kind of revamped the offensive line. They're trying to get these in, in intermediate passes. Russell Wilson can still throw the long ball better than basically anybody with some serious touch. But it's that middle underneath stuff. That's the big question mark. But they're trying to fix it this offseason. They have not done that uh, for the last couple of years. Maybe, just maybe. Like Gerald Everett can be that little X factor. We I haven't seen any practice reports from Gerald Everett like having great practices or, or, or camp or anything like that. But talk about the middle of the field area, and he has a history of Shane Waldron. I mean, when Sean McVay drafted him in the second round, he said he was going to be his Jordan Reed. That certainly hasn't happened. We have seen a ton of tight ends, especially of kind of this mold, uh, hit their stride with their second teams on their second contracts. Maybe that can be something that that helps out Russell Wilson. One of the reasons why I have Russell Wilson in this next tier and not that top five tier is the Seahawks have the hardest passing schedule mm. in terms of efficiency this year. I mean, that division's pretty loaded. Hopefully you get into some shootouts with those teams, but those defenses and just the rest of the Seahawks schedule is a little intimidating. I, obviously, Russell Wilson's going to overcome it to some extent, but I think that he, he belongs in this tier, not the other one. Yeah, And I mentioned how great his starts have been the last two seasons. Again, through the first eight weeks of the year, he's been the quarterback one, the quarterback two in 2020 and, and, and 2019 but i also don't want to you know move past saying that russell wilson absolutely sucked in the second half of the year like he just wasn't good and so like russ needs to get out of russ's way at times you mentioned offensive line help you know he holds on the ball and tries to play hero ball at too many times and again maybe shane waldron allows and unlocks that element of this game all right we have two tied at quarterback seven let's go first to justin herbert who the public is also drafting as the quarterback seven Hayden. He did all the difficult stuff last year as a rookie and made it look easy, namely versus pressure. I mean, he was the most pressured quarterback in the NFL last season, and he was also the best quarterback against pressure as a damn rookie. What do we expect here in year two with a whole new coaching staff and a whole new offensive line? Well, he was already eighth in fantasy points per game last year. And then they added left tackle Rayshon Slater. They added center Corey Lindsley. Matt Filer's at right, right guard. In the last offseason, they already added Brian Bulaga at, at right, right tackle. So, I mean, we're talking about four legit starters on the offensive line. Plus, you get Brandon Staley and Joe Lombardi. And what's interesting about this duo for the coaching staff is they are so quarterback-focused. I mean, everything about their entire philosophy is – how do we get the quarterback comfortable? How do we stop the quarterback? What makes quarterbacks uncomfortable on the opposite side here? So you're putting a lot of stuff on Justin Herbert's plate. But good news, Justin Herbert's a 4.0 student, a biology major. He's super, super smart. There's not going to be too many issues. They have the fourth easiest passing schedule the Chargers do. He's also kind of a dual threat quarterback. He averaged 16 rushing yards per game. I know a lot of his passing production was the unsticky stuff against pressure. But guess what? When you're 6'6", and you can throw the ball 500 yards downfield, I'm going to be betting on you being able to figure this out. He can move inside, in and out of the pocket, and I think that the coaching staff is going to make the in-pocket, clean-pocket stuff 
better just because the offense is going to be very well scripted. So uh, I know there's reasons to be pessimistic, just basically looking at the analytical profile, but everything else I'm so sold on Justin Herbert. That's why I got to give him the benefit of the doubt here. Yeah. Look, we didn't have Justin Herbert in game one last year. I'm not so sure if you're playing season long leagues that you want to start Justin Herbert in week one this year, Hayden, because I think he's facing the Washington football team in Washington, which might be a little bring tricky. It. Bring, bring it. it. But I mean, his, you know, control with Keenan Allen immediately was amazing. Now we get Mike Williams in, in a contract year. I do have a couple questions here. One, a positive, just how big of a jump it's going to be with Brandon Staley and the new play caller compared to Anthony Lynn and whatever we've had for the Chargers for the last few years. Because basically those poor coaching decisions and time management eliminated some touchdown opportunities from Justin Herbert and company last season. So that's a positive. The negative, how do they replace the 93 targets Hunter Henry got last season, which were second on the team? Because there's probably no like one-for-one replacement here for the Chargers this year. I will say Jared Cook and Donald Parham could – combat some of that lost production. You also get Austin Eckler back, which is doing a lot of the same stuff underneath. And we remember Austin Eckler missed what six, seven games last year. And then when he was health or when he was in, he wasn't fully healthy at the end. So you get a fully a healthy Austin Eckler. That's going to be a lot of stuff. They're already lining him up in the slot and out wide. And we know that Austin Eckler is one of the few running backs that we can actually say, Oh, he's going to line up in the slot this year. Like usually that's like the biggest myth ever. No, Austin Eckler can actually do that. Um, so I'm expecting a lot of good things from the chargers I think that this is finally the year where we should be betting on the Chargers, um, even though it seems like the riskiest thing ever. I, I'm, I just want to believe in Brandon Staley. Like, go listen to some Brandon Staley interviews. He's really impressive. Yeah. He's he's super sharp. I mean, there is a reason why he got a head coaching job after being a DC for one season. Yep. One season. Uh, okay. Uh, the other quarterback we have tied for quarterback seven, who's being drafted as the quarterback eight, is Aaron Rodgers. Hayden, I guess my question is, is this recency bias? Um, I mean, he was the quarterback five last season in fantasy points per game after winning the MVP. The previous year, he was quarterback 15 in fantasy points per game. And then the year before that, he was the quarterback four in fantasy points per game. I mean, so it's a bit of a roller coaster here lately, but I, I feel like we're getting motivated, angry, Aaron Rodgers, and that's something I absolutely want to buy into. It might be the best wide receiver group he's had in like five-ish years. True. I mean, they the slot guys, like there's a heavy rotation, but they have a slot presence now. MVS is a capable deep threat that can actually stretch the field. Um, the one thing though is that that touchdown rate, he had it, he was all the way up at 9.1%. If you just took his career touchdown rate um and applied it to last year's numbers, Aaron Rodgers would have dropped from fourth all the way down to quarterback eleven. So you're kind of betting on Aaron Rodgers with Matt LaFleur being better than like average Aaron Rodgers this year, which is kind of risky, but the wide receiver group's really good. I really trust LaFleur, and I think that there is a lot of reasons to bet on angry Aaron Rodgers. The one thing here, they lost Brian Bulaga the, the previous offseason. They lost Corey Lindsley this offseason. David Bakhtiari tore his ACL in December, late December. He's probably not going to start. So this is probably the best wide receiver group, but probably, I mean, most definitely the worst offensive line Aaron Rodgers had in the last couple seasons. I was just looking that up. I mean, it was New Year's Eve when David Bakhtiari tore his his ACL. And, you know, when Aaron has voiced his displeasure with the Packers, it should never be in relation to his supporting cast because on paper, like you've outlined, it's it's been great. And it's in a really good situation. They're deep 
at some at some spots too. Uh, he doesn't quite offer, I would say, necessarily because we. I think we got his ceiling last year. I don't think he's going to repeat yes. what we put up last year. And again, that was quarterback four in fantasy points per game. And Hayden, if we can whittle it down to a reason why, it's just because he's never going to have the pure end zone rushing upside of the Kyler Murrays, of the Josh Allen's, of the Lamar Jacksons, so on and so forth. His rushing yards is also down in three straight seasons, and he's getting older. I don't think that Aaron Rodgers wants to be scrambling around too much. So um, you're solely betting on the passing production. I think you can expect another awesome season from Aaron Rodgers, but I like awesome season Aaron Rodgers at like my quarterback eight or nine, not as my quarterback five or six. Yeah. He's going to look great in a Carolina Panthers uniform in 2020. All right. Our quarterback nine, also now being drafted as the quarterback nine, which has been a slight bump by ADP and the public, it's Tom Brady. Uh, the Bucs were the least impacted by injuries in the NFL last season. Hayden, we know the band is completely back together in like a historic way for the Bucs, both offensively and defensively. I would add that they've even added some pieces who are getting some really strong buzz. And Jalen Darden have no clue who's going to fit in the field. Giovanni Bernard, because... I'm sure it was frustrating as hell to throw to Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette every single time. Um, I think the only, like the main concern that could happen here is if Tristan Wirfs misses time at right tackle. But if I'm like, you know, throwing out hypotheticals of how Tom might not hit this value, he's probably going to hit value. Yeah, but what happens if Ronnie Staley misses time or, or exactly. if Bakhtiari has a setback? We can say this about everybody. Going back, this is the second year in the, in the system for Tom Brady. And last year, the Bucks were third in neutral pass rate and fourth in neutral pace. So we're talking about a high floor, high ceiling passing offense. And if you look at after the bye week, including the playoffs, there he played in eight games. He averaged 22.6 fantasy points per game over that stretch. He faced the second lowest pressure during that stretch. And that was including road games in the playoffs, like up right. in green Bay against some sick defenses. If you would extrapolate that he would be the quarterback seven, obviously you're dealing with some small samples, but I do believe that there was a growing pain period for Bruce Arians and Tom Brady early on, especially when Mike Evans was banged up. Chris Godwin was banged up. Antonio Brown didn't come back until week nine, I believe. So I'm expecting the base. I think the baseline was the back half of last year, not the beginning part of that. And if that happens again, I think that he can be the quarterback six, seven, eight. And I think that he's totally, totally reasonable here. Yeah, I'll throw some stats in there. Uh, Before the bye, he was averaging about 40 attempts per contest, just 275 yards and just over two touchdowns per game. Post bye, down five attempts per game, but he was up 60 passing yards per contest and had three touchdowns per game. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. It just took a little bit of time. And we saw Tom during his last year with the Patriots when things weren't working, he just said to hell with it. I'm going to be among the highest and neutral pass rate. Just going to throw the ball, make the best decisions possible on every single play that can happen again. They can still like struggle a little bit at times because they weren't a perfect team last year. Um, But I think in the, in the day, Tom knows that he can always take it into his hands and move to the top. It's just fascinating to me, Hayden, that, you know, we've talked so many years about, well, we like to invest in quarterbacks with rushing upside. I would say this feels a little bit different because it's such a perfect situation with that offensive line and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and heck, even Antonio Brown that we're all probably underestimating what his impact could be this year. Two ways to combat the lack of rushing upside is you can bet Tom Brady in the MVP markets 
and he's sitting there like at a plus fifteen hundred somewhere around then. I think the Bucks should be the favorite for most wins this year. And then if Tom Brady has in one of these seasons, he can easily win MVP, especially with the old old man narrative. And then the other way is draft Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Antonio Brown. All three of those guys are being drafted at a reasonable price tag. You can stack them if you want. I'm not going to be surprised at all if the Best Ball Mania one or Best Ball Mania two winner yeah. is a Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, Tom Brady stack. Like they're the, the late season schedule is nice. I mean, everything. I mean, you cannot pick a hole in anything with the Bucks right now outside of just Tom Brady being, what, 46 or whatever he is. And again, I think the public has come around to this because just a month ago he was like the quarterback 12 and he's moved on up to the, to the quarterback nine. All right. Maybe the player, Hayden, that we have the biggest difference compared to the public who they're drafting as quarterback 15 is our quarterback 10 in, in Trevor Lawrence. It's wild to say but how often is the number one overall pick underestimated? I would, even, I would even say overlooked because Trevor Lawrence is that right now. I mean, there's so many options on the team. It's a solid NFL play caller in Daryl Bevel, who has proven. You have downfield options in DJ Chark and maybe most notably Marvin Jones. You have playmakers potentially in the Visca Chenault and Travis Etienne. You have a great blocking tight end. You have all five starters back along the offensive line. You have a quarterback who rushed for 17 touchdowns over the last two years. What am I missing here? Or we're not missing it, Hayden. What is the public missing here and allowing the drop to quarterback 15? I don't know. Uh, He averaged 30 rushing yards per game, 0.68 rushing touchdowns in college. And if you look back, Urban Meyer has a little bit of a history with, with dual threat quarterbacks in his 17 seasons as a college head coach. Urban Meyer has 14 quarterbacks with at least 100 carries. And obviously, Trevor Lawrence is a little bit different. I'm not expecting him to be all the next Kyler Murray. But I think if you're looking for 20 rushing yards per game in the NFL, Trevor Lawrence could easily do that. He's underrated as an athlete, which is crazy yes. because Trevor Lawrence has been just like put on this pedestal for, for good reasons. He's such a good athlete. I think that's the thing that I think we're paying attention to that maybe other people aren't. And just even in the pocket, he was eighth fifth and eighth in quarterback rating in college over the last three years. Um, there's really, it's just, are you betting, are you willing to bet on urban Meyer? But I, as a, as a quarterback, I think that uh, Trevor Lawrence and urban Meyer are going to be on the same page here. So I just want to buy it. Not only is Trevor Lawrence the best value at quarterback this year, Hayden, he might be the best value in fancy football this year. It, it can get to that point because this is such a great situation I think for a rookie to come into when you're surrounded by this group and that defense might suck. That defense might not be good. And he's also the type that will take the pressure. will 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 take it onto his shoulders. And yes, he'll probably make two or three bad throws per game. He did that in Clemson during his final season, but he also has like these three or four throws every single contest that other rookies can't make it. I'm looking at the rookies right now. I mean, Trey Lance, who we'll get to in a moment, is being drafted two spots ahead of Trevor Lawrence at the moment. I just don't get it. I love both these players, but Trevor Lawrence, we have him again in in the top 10, and I'll be very interested to see, based on what happens this preseason, if that moves up in the public's eyes. I mean, that schedule is pretty solid, too, and you're getting the, the Texans and the Titans defenses, and we'll see if the Colts could stay, stay healthy on defense, too, so... Lots of reason to be optimistic. Uh, Quarterback 11, who we are quite split on, which shocked me, Hayden. It's Matthew Stafford. My quarterback nine, your quarterback 14, and he's being drafted in that quarterback 14 spot. 
Hayden, why are you tanking my ranking here, Matthew Stafford? Well, I want to defend myself in the overall rankings. Matthew Stafford's being drafted at 114th overall, and I'm still ahead at 109th overall. So I'm still over market on Matthew Stafford. And I love Robert Woods. I'm probably the highest in the entire industry on Robert Woods this year. So I love uh, Matthew Stafford. I'll, I'll just say just I think that um, his ceiling's a little bit lower than the guys being drafted around him. Like Trey Lance has a top five ceiling. I think that uh, you can even make the argument for Trevor Lawrence having a higher ceiling um, than Matthew Stafford. So that's the only thing. But I'm expecting big things from Matthew Stafford this year. Way more play, play action. The offensive line and the coaching staff is just going to be better for Matthew Stafford. And we've already seen Jared Goff average like 280 passing yards from like that 2017 to 2019 run. And I, I think just think Matthew Stafford's obviously way better than Jared Goff. So I think that you oh, can yeah. expect you can expect top six, top seven, top eight passing numbers from Matthew Stafford. But does he have like the quarterback four ceiling? Probably not. Hmm. Probably not because he doesn't have that rushing upside. So I think that would be tough to place him there. But what Jared Goff was able to accomplish on this team in terms of like over the last few years being like fourth in passing yards and like sixth in passing touchdowns in 2018, 2019. But Matthew Stafford doesn't have to do anything different. He just kind of has to be himself because no player was worse against pressure than Jared Goff in comparison to clean pocket situations. And one, Matthew Stafford is better in that area. And two, when we're talking about like intended air yards to the sticks, last season Jared Goff was seventh shortest in the NFL, right around Dwayne Haskins and Cam Newton. Matthew Stafford's seventh highest. You know, he's gonna be an aggressive passer that's gonna be able to unlock all of these other people around him. And while yes, losing Cam Akers might be worse for the offense in totality, I think it just might put more emphasis on Matthew Stafford in critical and crucial situations. I'm in on him this year as a top 10 quarterback for sure. You're going to be expecting the Rams to tick up their neutral pass rates. Uh, last year, because Jared Goff wasn't doing anything, Training they, kind of, they, they slowed down the offense. But in the three previous seasons, when Jared Goff was actually being a functional quarterback, the Rams were third, third, and first in neutral pace. So I'm expecting the Rams to play faster, to pass the ball more, to pass the ball downfield more. That's great news for everybody in the offense, including Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. Yep. And you just can't even compare what the coaching difference is going to be. I mean, Matthew Stafford was 26th, 15th, 33rd, and 29th in percentage of passes on play action. Meanwhile, Jared Goff top five every single year. So you're just getting a much better picture for Matthew Stafford. So I'm not low on him. I just think I would rather roll the dice on somebody with a little more rushing upside. I'm still overweight on everybody on the Rams offense. <laughs> Get out of here. The other layer to this, Hayden, is we're not going to see Matthew Stafford for like a single play in preseason. Jer uh, Sean McVay just doesn't play his starters at all. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if he sticks at this quarterback 14 mark based on where he's drafted. And if that's the case, talk about overweight. I'm going to be obese for Matthew Stafford this year. That's for sure. Well, you guys don't get to see him in preseason, but the Rams practice literally on the campus that I live out. So I have all the inside scoops. I can go watch Matthew Stafford just walk to his practice at any time. So I'll, I'll give you the inside scoops. Uh, if we don't see him in preseason. Fine question here from Adrian. I also would rewind here from a couple years. He's bringing up that Rams pace is something that needs a deep dive, that they often took the play clock down to 0.1 seconds last season. Well, we also know that Sean would force Jared Goff to get to the line of scrimmage, tell him what to do until 15 seconds in his ear, like he's using him as a joystick, and then they'll run the play. 
I mean, when you just listen, go back and listen to Flying Coach with Sean McVay, Peter Schrager, and Kyle Shanahan. The joy in Sean McVay's voice and how he's just making fun of Kyle Shanahan that that the Rams were the team that got Matthew Stafford. If He, he like has a new lease on life, a new lease on his team. It, it's going to be unbelievable to me the differences of what we see from the Rams this year in comparison to other years. So I got bad news for you, Josh. We're 40 minutes in. We've done 10 quarterbacks. We need to pick up the pace like tenfold. <laughs> Let's keep it moving. Our quarterback 12 also being drafted in that slot. Ryan Tannehill. Uh, he put up quarterback 10 numbers last year without Terry Lewan and injured A.J. Brown. No Arthur Smith. To me, big deal, Hayden. But we also maybe get more volume and less efficiency from Ryan Tannehill this season? Yeah, I mean, and he was ninth in fantasy points per game in, in the half year prior to this, too. So we've seen two years of pretty high-level production. I think that there's upside if Derrick Henry were to miss time uh, because they already play with a lot of pace. They were third in neutral pace last year. But if something happens to Derrick Henry, they'll go from, like, 27th in neutral pass rate like up to, I would guess, like, near top 10 numbers. That's how much of a difference Derrick Henry uh, makes to this offense. It kind of hurts Ryan Tannehill a little bit. I do think that Derrick Henry misses time. Ryan Tannehill would be closer to like the quarterback eight. Um, obviously, there's some, there's a lot of injury um, risk with just how heavy they are on Julio Jones and A.J. Brown because the rest of their pass catchers are really weak. But um, I've, I've kind of committed to Ryan Tannehill just being a very efficient passer in this offense. Hmm. I'm a little nervous, and this is kind of coupled with Matt Ryan, who we'll get to in a little bit, just because Arthur Smith is an absolute wizard in the red zone. I mean, talk about sticky. He's been like top two in each of the last few years in terms of red zone success rate with touchdowns. And while they hired from inside, we also know that it's a bit of a rhythm, a bit of a feel, sometimes an art in calling plays and, and when to call the right ones. And just like, I, I do think we see more volume with Ryan Tannehill, but it's because like the efficiency will drop off. But like no matter what, I think they've kind of been misevaluated or misunderstood. Every team basically, basically, is throw to lead, run to win. And even like when they beat, you know, the Ravens a couple of years ago, they took the lead by throwing the football. Ryan Tannehill is capable of doing this, especially now with AJ Brown and Julio Jones on the field. Here's a good way to lose. If you're losing your offensive coordinator, go trade for Julio Jones. Like that's a pretty good way to, <laughs> to find a replacement. Next up, our quarterback 13, who was being drafted as the quarterback 13. It's rookie Trey Lance. The word co competition gets thrown around a lot here with Trey Lance. Hey, now say it again. There is no competition when the head coach and general manager in their head, when they think of the franchise has already replaced you. And especially when you offer just this different element that the coach is drawing up plays for in the red zone, in short yardage situations, heck, even on the 50-yard line with different runs, with different tricks, just red zone dominance could be ahead with Trey Lance, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, and this offensive line. And we're banking, at least I am, that Trey Lance starts 17 games this season. This is the biggest difference between playing for a median outcome and playing for a ceiling outcome. I think that if I was setting the line, I would say like Trey Lance starts week four and a half. Like I think that would be fair, but you can't play for median outcomes in fantasy football. You're trying to come in first or second place in your league. So you have to roll the dice and I'm willing to roll the dice on Trey Lance, even though I think that Jimmy G could easily play well into the season just because of how uh, good this offense is going to be. 
But if Trey Lance is out there week one, I'm going to be ranking him inside my top eight fantasy quarterbacks. And I'm willing to roll the dice and redraft, pair him with a Trevor Lawrence, pair, pair him with a Matthew Stafford, buy yourself a couple weeks to see if Trey Lance starts or if Trey Lance just wins the week one battle. You don't even need a second quarterback. That's how good he's going to be. So I think it's two totally different com- conversations. Um, it's it, when is Trey Lance starting and does it matter? Like if, yeah. it, you can combat this. And that's why I'm just like, all right, screw it. He's going to be my quarterback 12. I think if I was doing like a rankings competition, I was like, all right, where is he actually going to fall? I would rank him lower. But who cares about your average outcome? We're not trying to come in sixth place in our league. We're trying to come in first. And Trey Lance is how you come in first place. Yeah, we're trying to win a million dollars in Best Ball Mania too. That's what we're doing. Right. And look, if you want to take one later, take Sam Darnold, who has a great opening three or four games as well. That That's a potential second quarterback to have in your roster. Look. We disagree with how many games Jimmy Garoppolo and like the line we would set it at. Because to me, like when Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch sit back and think about the team, they think about the team with with Trey Lance. But we'll see. We're going to see him in preseason action. And this is just a team talk about overweight that I want to be invested in for sure. Because the rushing upside, we talk about like as good as Aaron Rodgers plays, probably not going to be a top three season. Tom Brady, probably not going to be a top three season. Is it out of the realm of possibility? That Trey Lance, if he starts all 17 games, could have a top three season with that rushing potential? We literally, we literally watched RG3 do it in this exact offense. Possible. Like the same same exact person. I mean, Trey Lance had uh, 14 rushing touchdowns in his only season as like a 19-year-old, uh, and he didn't throw an interception that year. I mean, we're talking about a really special player when he does start. While we are well ahead of ADP on Trevor Lawrence, we are well behind ADP on Joe Burrow, our quarterback 14, being drafted as the quarterback 11. Hey, you talk about drum beats, snowball effect, things building during the offseason. I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, he was the quarterback 11 in fancy points per game last year when healthy, major knee issues, and we haven't really received any positive news from players on the team, from those covering the team, on a daily basis. And I would say overall, yes, adding Jamar chase was great, but there are still some major critical flaws on the team and the offense specifically. that I think we need to worry about a little bit more than the public is. Something I want to get better at as a fantasy analyst is to not just say like torn ACL and just leave it at that. Joe Burrow is the perfect example of this. He tore his ACL and his MCL and had quote unquote other structural issues, which could easily mean his meniscus, PCL, some other things too. So where this isn't like a clean ACL tear. This is like a, a bigger version of that. And he did that on November 22nd. To me, this is expected. Week one is only nine months, 21 days from that injury. I mean, we should not expect Joe Burrow, just be Joe Burrow and just run around the pocket and create all these plays. No, he's eight months in to a massive knee injury, a massive one. So I'm expecting the Bengals to treat it as if it was a massive injury, not let Joe Burrow scramble around, not let Joe Burrow throw the ball 50 times per game early in the season. Just tap the brakes up for a second. We'll see what he looks like in October, in November. I think that's totally fine that if he's kind of dealing with some injuries, this should, this should be expected. This was a massive knee injury. And for fantasy purposes, I'm just going to be lower weight on the passing game. I'll be a little overweight on Joe Mixon instead. Um, But I think this is expected. This is normal. Yeah, I think you said it all. Let's go to quarterback 15 in Jalen Hurts, who's also being drafted as a quarterback 10. It's funny. These are probably the two passers, two players in the position that you and I are fading most in relation to where they're going in drafts. This is multiple layers to this. One, 
I think there is a possibility that the Eagles are like bottom five and at the very least bottom 10 in pass attempts this season. I also think Jalen Hurts is being drafted because people have like a fear of missing out on like the next mobile quarterback with great rushing upside. I also believe that this passing offense could like totally tank, could just not be good. But look, there were a lot of issues with the Eagles offense last year. And if we can rewind just a little bit, Hayden, towards the end of the season, we kept ranking Jalen Hurts as like a top three, top four, top five, top six player each week because he was able to use his legs and generate a nice floor because of it. It's the same conversation that we just had with Trey Lance. It's just when Jalen Hurts is starting, he's going to be a top eight, at least fantasy quarterback. We don't know how many games he's going to start. There's like Deshaun Watson rumors. He can get benched. The Eagles can like totally tank. And there's a lot of things that are going on with Jalen Hurts, but when he's healthy, he's going to be out there. So I do think that even though I have a lot of concerns with how often he creates pressure on himself, I think he was second in pressure rate last year. And then his inaccuracies, he was 37th in completion percentage over expected. I do know that he's such a bankable player when he is out there and starting games. I just don't want to project him starting 17 games. I'm not comfortable doing that. Um, But early in the season, draft him, pair him with another guy and redraft, pair him with a decent second quarterback in best ball. And you can kind of mitigate the risks that you have with Jalen Hurts. Yeah. There's also that conversation after Lamar Jackson's rookie year. And I would say that they might be facing some similar questions right now personally and we can only talk about our own evaluations i think of all the names that we've talked about so far jalen hurts is the worst thrower of the football on this list like by a mile and i i just have no confidence in in that segment of his game and there's just so many changing parts in this offense with a new play caller too that we don't know what's going to be so that that that's why at least i'm so much lower on jalen hurts in comparison to where he's being drafted um but if you do want to couple them and bank on those spiked weeks like you can in best ball and pair them with, you know, a bunch of names that we mentioned, maybe even a Trevor Lawrence and take them in similar areas of the, of the draft. Totally cool with me. Totally cool. Yep. With me. All right. Let's close out this tier with Matt Ryan, someone in the last few years who's been like 25th, 28th in red zone success. When it comes to touchdown percentage, you bring in Cal Pitts, you have Calvin Ridley, who is actually great in that area. And you bring in obviously, Arthur Smith, who's a wizard with play calls in the short sections of the field. I know the offensive line is a question, Hayden. I don't think I can quit Matt Ryan this year, and he's also presenting a value to me. He's finished 15th, 12th, 2nd, and 22nd in fantasy points per game over the last uh, four seasons. The good good news is, is he's used to this offense. It is very similar to the one that he won the MVP with and back in those Shanahan years. Way more play action, of course. And I will say that the splits with Julio Jones and without Julio Jones are drastic. But you got to remember, now they have Kyle Pitts. And Calvin Ridley's now uh, like an absolute top five, top ten receiver. So some of those splits I don't think are totally uh, genuine just because the rest of the offense is going to be better here. So I think that Matthew or Matt Ryan has probably one more good season. But I do think like the ceiling here is like way, 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 way capped. I just think that he his floor is so much better than the Ryan Fitzpatrick's and the next quarterbacks we're going to get to. So he's at the end of this tier. I do think that he belongs above the Tua's of the world just because his floor. All right, let's close out that tier. Do a little reset here. Uh, maybe hit like one line on the rest as we move along. Like your best punch, bring it to the table. Um, before we move on, do want to remind everyone free draft guide down below. 
And the best way to prepare for your fantasy football season is by playing best ball. I am absolutely serious because you get to draft from multiple different slots. You get to use different strategies. If you want to invest in one of these top quarterbacks, if you want to wait for Trevor Lawrence, you get to see the different builds that you create based on those. If you deposit anything, we'll give you a free $25 if you use promo code the show or go and invest that into Best Ball Mania 2, $3.5 million in prizes and a million dollars in first place, 250K, 175K, so on and so forth. Sounds like pretty good. Pretty good money. So appreciate it. And everyone here, you, Adrian, you, Dobby, you, Enigma, you, Ricky, you, Sam, appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, and we're here Monday through Thursday at 1230 Eastern. All right, let's jump back into the next tier, tier four slash three quarterback 17, Ryan Fitzpatrick being drafted as quarterback one. Hayden, this is one of your favorite values this year at the quarterback spot. Among 45 quarterbacks since 2018, Ryan Fitzpatrick is fourth in success rate, ninth in yards per attempt, 12th in EPA per dropback, 13th in completion percentage over expected, and 18th in fantasy points per game. Where he's being drafted at right now is his baseline. There's room for improvements. This Washington coaching staff and skill group quietly is much better than what Ryan Fitzpatrick has had in the last five years. A little nervous because he's played like seven games and nine games and stuff like that, that we're kind of overestimating what, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick can bring to the table this year as a, as a full-time starter. But I do believe in Scott Turner. I believe in Terry McLaurin. I believe in Curtis Samuel. I believe in Antonio Gibson. I believe in Logan Thomas. Um, I just think it's debatable here with Ryan Fitzpatrick as our quarterback 17 and even someone like quarterback 18 with Kirk Cousins, where basically everything is back. Hayden. I mean, Justin Jefferson sure is dealing with an injury right now, but it doesn't seem that serious. Adam Thielen, potentially improved offensive line, at least at left tackle. And we know Dalvin Cook. And while Kirk Cousins might give you, I don't know, 12 points for two straight weeks, then he'll go on a run of three straight weeks of 30 plus points. He kind of is a spiked week player here. Yep. Basketball quarterback. Uh, I will say the offensive line is for sure better. Uh, their left tackle is a 2021 first rounder. Their left guard was a 2020 second rounder. Their center is a first rounder in 2019. Their right guard is a third rounder from this last season. And then their right tackle is second rounder in 2018. So they've invested a lot into this offensive line. It's probably the best offensive line they've had in a decade. And Kirk Cousins is probably going to finish as the quarterback 14 or 15 fantasy points per game this year. Baker Mayfield, our quarterback 19. In some ways, this is like de facto Ryan Tannehill where the volume probably isn't going to be there, but you'll have much better efficiency uh, maybe for the entire season. Great offensive line, great play caller who has a vision for this team, and we get Odell Beckham back. Yeah, you can't extrapolate these numbers, but the, everyone's back, and they were seventh in EPA per dropback and sixth in completion percentage over expected, a very well-scripted out offense. And I think that they could pass the ball more this year than they did last year. There's some crazy win games that we have to keep track of from last year. Plus, I think second year in the system, you get Odell Beckham back. Baker Mayfield is probably playing with way more confidence than he's ever had in his NFL career. I, I think that the Browns are going to pass the ball, not a ton more, but a little bit more. And that will make Baker Mayfield a weekly quarterback, too, when last year there was times where we would rank him like, guys, the quarterback 25. Yeah, I'm a little bit out compared to some people on Baker's like individual talents, but I just love where the Browns are headed right now. I absolutely love it. Um, We're actually pretty far behind. On Justin Fields. He's our quarterback 20. He's going as the quarterback 16. Maybe we can like return this back to our conversation with Trey Lance. Just a little bit. Adrian bringing this up in the chat. 
is the assumption here that we think that Trey Lance is going to start more games than Justin Fields? Could it be also from like a top-down view? I just believe in the 49ers, you know, talents and Kyle Shanahan more so than I do the Chicago Bears talents and Matt Nagy too. And Trey Lance is a better dual threat quarterback than Justin Fields. Justin Fields could do it, but Trey Lance, like that was like a huge part of his game. Justin Fields was not just an in-pocket quarterback. He would get out in the pocket and make a lot of crazy big plays too. But Trey Lance is like legit going to be running quarterback power and all that stuff. And Justin Fields might not. And I think the biggest thing is uh, Andy Dalton said that right after the draft, Matt Nagy called him and said, the thing I appreciate is Matt called me right after the fact and said, nothing changes. You're still the starter. You're still the guy. This is still your team this year. The one difference here is Matt Nagy literally did this with Patrick Mahomes. And you can't convince me that Nagy isn't giving himself a little bit of the, the um, credit for Patrick Mahomes developing into this superstar here. So um, who's chirping me? Ricky's chirping me. Rick, Ricky, the very hard in a second comment which follows the Hayden, I'll fight you on this. Uh, that just made me giggle. Thank you for that. I needed that today. I Let's say in a world where Justin Fields is named the starter just prior to week one, like in that extra 10-day period that we have more than usual, uh, I will be fascinated to see how the underdog community starts drafting him in ADP. Because again, he's going as quarterback 16 right now. I bet that he might even jump Trevor Lawrence, you know? I mean, you can jump Trevor Lawrence. I have Justin Fields as my quarterback too coming into this. Like, this is not a, anything against Justin Fields, the person. I just think no. that Matt Nagy, like, literally, I think Matt Nagy has convinced himself that Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes now because he sat behind uh, Alex Smith for the for those years. I, I if I was setting the line for Justin Fields when he starts, it'd be like close to like week seven or something like that. And I think that Trey Lance is closer to like week three or week four. So that's like the only difference. I love Justin Fields. And we get to see these guys in preseason action, which I want to bring up because this Saturday, probably around 6.30 or, or 7 o'clock Eastern, be tuned back into this channel because hey, now we're going to try to watch along for like seven preseason games that are going on at once. I think there's 10 on the slate on Saturday. I can't wait for that. We'll be playing preseason pick them. At least I will. So we'll have a little bit of a sweat. We'll be reacting to, you know, individual performances, usage, taking your questions as well. So go and subscribe down below, like it as well on the underdog football show and join us here for our watch along this Saturday for a bunch of good preseason action. All right, here we go. Keep it rolling to a tongue of Iloa quarterback 18 by the public, our quarterback 21. Do you think that, you know, people are just overrating him just a little bit in drafts? We're right or wrong, like, consensus with him, and they've added so many quality pieces around him to me and Will Fuller and Jalen Watt. They haven't fixed the offensive line at all. I mean, they added second-rounder Liam Eikenberg, but the rest of their offensive line is really bad. I think they're going to be a bottom-five offensive line against McDermott, Belichick, and Sala in the division. So this is not going to be a cakewalk for Tua Tungvalu. I'll I'll say something a little bit bold. I'll, I'd rather have Big Ben. He's being drafted way later. They're pretty much with like the same offensive line, but I've seen Big Ben actually be a legit NFL passer for a long time, and I'm not convinced that Tua uh, has that within him. I think it's just like median projections, like a 75th percentile projection. Big Ben should be ranked ahead of Tua. I mean, Tua struggled last year. I mean, it wasn't an accuracy thing. It was it was the everything else. Like, does he have the physical profile to like elevate in the NFL? That's like my question. I'm stuck. Yeah. I'm stuck with that. It, it, it's absolutely a fair question because as soon as you saw both of them on the field, just the arm that Justin Herbert showed versus what oh Tua my showed. God. I mean, it's not even on the same universe, you know? 
I like Tua. I, I, I think he might be someone who's like a distributor in a good offense that can like, you know, in certain moments make plays happen, which he did at times last year. And I actually thought like he got pulled from more games than he did. It was really just in, in two contests. I just, just, though, just in two contests. Yeah, I just, I don't <laughs> want to undersell one. This is an offense that hopefully is catered to him right now. And two, I think Will Fuller is like a top 15 talent at wide receiver in the NFL. And Jalen Waddle just moves differently than anyone else. It's just the package of the entire Miami team is better, but I'm not sure if he's someone that, and at quarterback 18, some people might get here if they, if they love quarterback, or actually say wide receivers, running backs and, and tight ends ahead of them. Like they might take two as their top quarterback and, and basketball drafts. And I absolutely would not do that. Yeah. I'm totally out on him. The, the stat that was eye opening for me was uh, two was dead last in yard per attempt when he was throwing beyond the sticks. And that was like a little bit of not seeing the field properly, a little bit just limited as like just the way that he's built. I mean, it's just so hard when you're playing behind a bad offensive line. You might not be as mobile as you once were, and you're not six foot five with a rocket. You mentioned Ben Roethlisberger, who we have as our quarterback 22. He is going as quarterback 25. I believe that Hayden is frozen. I'll continue on with Ben Roethlisberger. Look, they started 11-0 last season. It was absolutely dreadful to watch that offense. It was abysmal. But Ben was not going to be as bad. It might be like some narrative that I'm spinning here. But when you lose like 20 pounds in an offseason, you're just going to feel like you are two or three years difference. Let's go to Sam Darnold at quarterback 23. The reason I have quarterback 23, Sam Darnold, is because I'm higher than consensus on DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, and Terrace Marshall. So I feel like I have to be higher on Sam Darnold than where he's going is like 26 by the public right now. Teddy Bridgewater was the quarterback 23 per game last year. That's like, just drop him right in. Nothing really has changed about the rest of the offense. And I think that's there's a chance that Sam Darnold's just way better than Teddy Bridgewater is. Zach Wilson is after Daniel Jones, who is our quarterback 24 Hayden. I mean, once you start dipping into this territory in drafts to take your quarterback to it's dangerous. Uh, Daniel Jones. Yes. You have maybe a healthy Saquon Barkley, maybe Kenny Galladay on the field, but damn man, he had what 12 total touchdowns last year compared to like 11 interceptions and 10 fumbles as well. Uh, attached to Jason Garrett. Like that's a formula that I think could just fail this year too. The, the formula is that offensive line. Uh, Sports Info Solution has a blown pass blocking percentage stat. This is where the offensive linemen ranked last year. 83rd, 90th, 20th, 76th, and 82nd. That's all individually where they ranked at their own position. That's like bottom 10th percentile across the entire board. They lost their best offensive lineman, uh, Zyler, this offseason too. Now, if I were to say, and look, I'm never going to project Daniel Jones to like Josh Allen levels. But if you wanted to fade the public and their perspective on one of these quarterbacks on this list, it truly might be Daniel Jones. You know, fantasy football people out there are stupid. And one of these players is going to make them look dumb. It could be Daniel Jones. I would rather just do with Big Ben that Big Ben's healthy. And then all of a sudden, Big Ben in a, a functional passing offense is the quarterback nine. Like that's what I, if I was going to roll the dice on one of these guys. Talking about the unknowns, Zach Wilson as quarterback 25, 
Uh, cannot wait to see him in preseason action because this roller coaster of good throws and bad throws based on preseason performances and, and training camp practices. Uh, Hayden, I want to see it with my own eyes and I want to be able to judge him with my own eyes. Sam, can't wait. He's He can go either direction. I thought he was a complete boom bust, bust prospect just because he had one good year at BYU and he did it against a 12th a 12th percentile strength of schedule and his offensive line was dominant. He's not going to have those luxuries playing in the NFL. So we had, he's a big unknown when he was in the clean pockets, he was electric. Let's see what he can do without it. Yeah. I mean, that BYU offensive line, there were times it was like blocking highways. He was able oh, to yeah. get blocking highways. Uh, Derek Carr is our quarterback 26. I just can't get there with Derek Carr ever. And I also feel like Hayden, Last year might be like the best Derek Carr we're ever going to get. And this range still feels pretty good to me. He averaged eight yards per pass attempt. And he was the quarterback 20 per game. And like the last four years, he's been 20th, 23rd, 27th, 24th. We know what we're getting with Derek Carr. He's better in real life than fantasy for sure. These final few names in our top 30 are interesting. Taysom Hill we have as quarterback 27. I think you're along the same lines as me that the more I think about it, where this Michael Thomas situation seems to be getting worse and worse and worse. The more I think Sean Payton is going to try to manufacture offense and not rely on Jameis Winston's consistency, drive in and drive out. And to me, if you're going to manufacture it, you want Taysom Hill to maybe take a step forward as a passer and then create some manufactured offense with Alvin Kamara and Taysom Hill. I don't think Taysom Hill's a franchise level quarterback, but I think I would, I think I just need to move him up because there's a path to him being a a top 12 fantasy quarterback and there is no path for Derek Carr being a top 12 fantasy quarterback. There's like basically no path for Mac Jones to do that either. So like, I just need to move him up. I don't think he's going to start all the games, but at least he has a path. Like the other guys just like, they simply don't. Carson Wentz, our quarterback 28 actually came out this morning from Chris Mortensen and Adam Schefter that it appears Quentin Nelson and Carson Wentz are on track to play in game one. That's quite a shocking turn of events of the five to 12 week timeline that we received just a few days ago. We'll see. I don't know where to rank him. Like me. Either. I yeah. I have no idea. Uh, that's why we put him at like the end of this presumed starter list. Basically Mac Jones at quarterback 29. We're actually ranking him ahead of Cam Newton. Look, we'll probably flip that. If it comes out the final week of the preseason or two or three that uh, Cam Newton is the starter here, but I, just bluntly believe that Mac Jones is going to outplay Cam Newton, at least throwing the football in preseason action. So do I. The only way I would change this is if Cam Newton in preseason games is ripping the football and he looks like his old self, but I am not anticipating that happening. I mean, the investment in Cam this year is not starting quarterback money. Like Correct. We, if you follow the money and follow the decisions, Cam is making like $5 million this year or 7 million. Like it's no money. And they spent a first round pick on Mac Jones. So follow that. Uh, okay. Finally, let's close out with Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, I have him all the way down as quarterback 32. There's a number of names you could have listed here at 30th overall, but right now he is presumed to be the starter in offense. That is a great play caller, a good offensive line, and great weapons around him. Who has a higher chance of being the quarterback 12 this year? Uh, Derek Carr or Jimmy Garoppolo? Like it's Jimmy Garoppolo. Like it's it's you can't project this to happen, but if Jimmy G for some reason started 12 games this year, I think that we'd be ranking him as what the quarterback 14, 15 every week, just because the offense is so sick. So uh. will you zoom out for our positional rankings again, everyone go and check out the draft guide that is down below. It is big free. It's big free. So go and get it. Uh, look, 
you've got players to avoid, players that you must draft, ideal drafts right there, how to win in best ball, best ball tips. It's all right there, and you get a free 25 bucks just for checking it out. Use promo code the show and boom, follow the underdog football show and use that QR code if you want to. All right, we'll be back tomorrow actually for the giveaway gauntlet that everyone has been clamoring for Jack Settlement. So join us for that. We're giving away probably 10 best ball mania two tickets. Um, we're going to do a tight ends show tomorrow evening. Hopefully we can try to be rapid fire just like we were today, Hayden. And then Saturday we'll be back for our, our live watch along. So be on the lookout for that thumbnail in your feed as well. All right. Hayden, you're the man. Thank you everyone. Ricky, Cole, Sam, Adam, Jason, O Genius, and as always, Nick, up the Vela, everyone. Talk to you all soon. See ya.